diagnosis. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to Diagnosing a Killer, the Diagnosing mental breakdown. Mental breakdown. Mental breakdown. Mental breakdown. speaking. Hey. I didn't even say hi. Hi, I'm Kenna. Hi, I'm Koal. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Welcome back to Mental Breakdown. Um, I am going to be talking about, in general, general anxiety disorder. Okay. However, I'm going to be specifically pinpointing anxiety sensitivity. Before we begin, i just like to quickly point out that I am not feeling great. So if I sound <laughs> sick, that's probably because I am sick. But we'll try to get through this as quickly and easily as possible. Now, anxiety sensitivity isn't a diagnosis in and itself, but it's it's actually an indicator that somebody is going to develop a very complex anxiety disorder or mm-hmm. even a panic disorder. Okay. So you can really tell a lot about somebody's future and their mental health based mm-hmm. on their symptoms of anxiety, hmm. anxiety sensitivity, which is great for me because I'm pretty sure I have this. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's something that I didn't even know was a thing until mm-hmm. this semester in abnormal psychology. And I was like, I read it and it was like the heavens opened up. I was like, that is me. Yeah. And nobody knows that. I don't Mm -hmm. talk to people about that. That's, you know, it's not something that's common. It's not something I'm sure it's much Mm -hmm. more common than I think it is, but still, you know. Now, anxiety sensitivity refers to fear of anxiety symptoms, including bodily sensations, which results from beliefs about the harmful social, psychological, or physiological consequences of such symptoms. Anxiety sensitivity has consistently been identified as a risk factor for the onset of panic attacks, panic disorder, and other anxiety disorders in prospective studies of adults. It has increasingly emerged as a risk factor for the development of anxiety among children and adolescents. Specifically, anxiety sensitivity has been found to predict the development of panic attacks among adolescents and has been linked to panic-like symptoms, trait anxiety, fears, and anxiety disorders across a range of community and clinical samples of children and adults. Hmm. So... What is anxiety sensitivity? Anxiety sensitivity is a tendency to misinterpret the sensations that accompany anxiety. Irregular breathing, heart palpitations, trembling, flushing, sweating, stomach rumbling, things like that. You misinterpret that as indicators of imminent physical danger or serious illness. Ooh. Um, I literally just got anxious saying that. Yeah. So one... One example, um, I'm going to have a heart attack or I'm going to faint. Mm-hmm. Loss of control. Can't concentrate, therefore I'm going crazy. Or humiliating social rejection, like everyone will notice that I'm nervous or that mm-hmm. I'm trembling. I'm getting nervous. I'm not even kidding. No, I, it's just you. <laughs> you're making me nervous. <laughs> so, uh, now standard questionnaires have been developed to measure the phenomenon, and I'll go through that in a little bit. Uh, but the most widely used is the anxiety sensitivity index, which asks people to affirm or deny statements like unusual body sensations scare me. Now, this term wasn't coined until 1985, but when the concept was defined, it was a big deal. So again, like I said, it's the belief that the physiological experience of anxiety itself, like a racing heartbeat, sweating, or shaking, is dangerous and it could lead to devastating outcomes. In other words, it's a tendency to interpret anxious sensations as catastrophic. So it's fear of fear. Yeah. And literally, That's that is That's the way me. it feels, though. Like, when you... When you realize that you're getting anxious and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting anxious. Oh my gosh, I'm getting anxious. Literally. Yeah. Driving to work yesterday, I had 
It's driving is such a hard thing for me because I get motion sick really easily, mm-hmm. even sometimes when I'm driving and then traffic and then I'm getting late. I'm going to be late to work and all these different things. Like yesterday, I almost pulled over and I was like 15 minutes late to work and I almost <laughs> pulled over anyways because I was yeah. so anxious. I was like, I'm not going to make it there. Like yeah. I'm not. My heart's racing. Like it's going to explode. My, you know, my head hurts and then you get that headband headache that mm-hmm. like you can't shake and that's literally due to stress. And the only way to get rid of it is to not be anxious or not be stressed with it. But it's then you crazy. obsess over it. Yeah. In your yes. head. So it's hard to calm yourself down for yes. sure. Yes. So, for example, somebody with high anxiety sensitivity, a.k.a. me, might fear the dizziness that comes with being anxious, thinking that it means they're going to snap and have a mental breakdown. Mental breakdown. We said it. (laughs) Got her. (laughs) She said (laughs) Another might fear the pounding heart that comes from walking into a room of strangers, thinking a heart attack is right around the corner, while another might interpret their nervous trembling as a sign that they're losing control of their faculties. Oof. So, I think that this is... Not only something that I really relate to, and I really genuinely, I'm going to therapy tomorrow. I'm super excited. I got the <laughs> therapy appointment for the first time in probably four years mm-hmm. or five years, and I'm really excited to get back into it. I'm anxious to go, but I, I know why. I think it's because all of this stuff's going to come out, but... Yeah. um. And I'm trying not to go into my therapy appointment, like, expecting a diagnosis or trying to get a diagnosis, of course. All right, make me better. Right. But <laughs> it does kind of help to have that, that professional understanding. And I do think that this is something that a lot of people can relate to mm-hmm. and interpret. So I was trying to find um, any kind of criminal or killer with this. Again, Every- it's kind of like OCD. There's yeah. a lot of comorbidity with it. There's a lot of diagnoses that outweigh this. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't see anything specifically like I think a, a person with anxiety is like the least likely to kill like with the diagnosis because they're like <laughs> so what nervous. happens if I fuck up or like that's ter- that sounds terrible but it's not linked directly to yeah. murder or killers of course ne- no diagnosis is linked directly mm-hmm. it's not prevalent among that community yeah um, because there are other diagnoses that outshine mm-hmm. for lack of a better term the for anxiety. lack of a better term but I did look up some celebrities because I like to do that and I like to kind of interpret and I did actually get like their their take on it so the first person that struggles with anxiety and this is generalized anxiety this Mm -hmm. is not anxiety sensitivity this is just generalized anxiety Mm -hmm. Oprah Winfrey oh now Oprah said in a 2013 interview that anxiety nearly caused her to have a nervous breakdown she said quote in the beginning it was just sort of speeding and a kind of numbness and going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing I'll tell you when I realized that I thought all right, if I don't calm down, I'm going to be in serious trouble. It's just you like, get anxiety, I get anxiety, <laughs> everybody, everybody gets, gets anxiety. anxiety. Literally, though. <laughs> and it's like, it's just somebody that's that on all the time, you yeah. know, is still struggling with these things. <laughs> Stephen Colbert, same thing. Oh, wow. Um, of course, he's the star of The Late Show. He said he started having panic attacks in his late 20s. Mm-hmm. He even realized eventually for him that performing was the key to controlling his anxiety. Interesting. Right? And that works. That's what works for him. He said uh, creating something is what helped me just from spinning apart like an unweighted flywheel and I haven't stopped since. Mm. So some people being in the spotlight is anxiety inducing and others yeah. like Stephen Colbert is helping you yeah. know, for him. Uh, Courtney Kardashian, Courtney and Kim both oh, say that they struggle Court's with anxiety. Courtney's my favorite. <laughs> I love Court. So for Courtney, she said that nausea comes when her anxiety strikes. Oof. She said, "Quote: When my anxiety is extreme, it feels like my body is constantly burning calories all day long. On these kinds of days, I try to avoid caffeine, alcohol, and too much sugar. Basically, anything that could make it worse." Wow. So me, that's like, a that's a great helpful tip. That honestly. is because anxiety. Caffeine and alcohol and sugar, all those things can increase your heart rate and it can make you kind of 
feel off balance and I, I avoid caffeine too when I'm not, See, I, I, feel, I don't avoid alcohol but I, I, avoid I feel the same way like but the opposite I feel like when I feel anxious caffeine helps me because it feels like I'm catching up like yeah, I'm see, catching I'm up to the way that my heart feels. Yeah, I think that it's freaking me out. Like if I have caffeine, I think Lindsay. <clears> shout <throat> out Lindsay, love you. She had to tell me one time when I drank like a sweet tea, and I was like, I'm having like a racing heart. And she goes, You just need to lean into it. Just tell yourself like it's the caffeine that's making you feel that way. It's yeah. not anything else. Like you know what you put in your body, so you need to know how yeah. you're going to react to that. And it kind of helps. Sure. Um, I think maybe that's what it is. That's, yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. busy Phillips. Oh, I um, love Busy yeah. Phillips. So, co-star Aww. of Cougar Town, uh, she Busy. says that she wears an anxiety necklace, and oh. she is quoted as saying, I'm proud to wear my anxiety around my neck for everyone else to see. I worked very hard daily to push through it and not let it get the best of my day. Good for her. Right? I love Busy Phillips. Freaks and Geeks is, like, amazing. She's <laughs> so good in it. Um, Kristen Stewart. Of course, the star of Twilight. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2016, she had an interview with Elle, and she said that she's been able to keep her anxiety at bay. She said, quote, I obviously hope everything going on right now will work out, but I'm confident that life is good and I'll be okay, whatever happens. Yeah. Um, I just, I like to talk about these little, you know, know. snippets from um, celebrities. Adele, also as noted, mm-hmm. uh, is performance anxiety. She has performance anxiety. She said... <laughs> I'm scared of audiences, but she's a pop star. Like, I know. It's crazy. She said, one show in Amsterdam, I was so nervous, I escaped out the fire exit. I just got to bear it, but I don't oh, no. like touring. I have anxiety attacks a lot. I see. I saw her on a, what is it, Cab, uh, with, with James Corden? Oh, was um, it Carpool Karaoke? Carpool Karaoke. Okay, I saw her on Carpool Karaoke, and she was, like, almost nervous to sing along to her own songs. Yeah. In a car with just her and, and she's James beautiful Gordon. and she's perfect and <laughs> she everything. She is so sweet. Yeah. And it was like, you could tell she was really nervous at the beginning and then she got into it. But yeah. like, oh my gosh, she was so nervous at the beginning. <laughs> Missy Elliott is also in here. I love Missy Elliott. I you have a really too. good list. Right? <laughs> um, so the evening before her Super Bowl halftime in 2015, she said that she had an extreme panic attack, which actually required medical assistance. She said... Uh, just before she came out, she gave herself a pep talk and said, quote, if I can get over this step, then I know all my dance steps will be on point. I knew it was nothing but the grace of God that lifted me up and took me through that performance. Wow. Like, we see the Super Bowl is one of the biggest audiences in the world yeah. on live TV. The Super Bowl halftime show is one of the most watched things in the world ever. Yeah. And she had anxiety before that, and you'd have never uh, known. Yeah. Unless she, unless she heard I, it. I fucking would, but I, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, you don't think... You don't think people that constantly sell out stadiums, yeah. that they get nervous still. Exactly. I mean, I feel like I would, for sure. But. Yeah. So I mentioned Kim Kardashian. Um, <laughs> it said that her anxiety is actually heightened when she's driving. Therapy and other strategies like breathing exercises have helped her. She said, quote, I just want to get past my anxiety and live life. I never had anxiety and I want to take back my life. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, th- the thing is that that kind of um, resonated with me because I, and I'm not going into it, but we had a personal trauma six years ago, and that's when my anxiety developed Same, to, yeah. to me. And I'd never thought that I had it before then. And if I, if I felt anything symptom-wise that felt like that, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, with our experience, I was able to understand where it was coming from and what it was. And it's only gotten, in my mind, worse as I've gotten older. Yeah. So I think, Same. like, early 20s... And then into your 20s and 30s, especially for women, it really starts to show itself. Mm-hmm. And that's a very hard time because yeah. you think, okay, I've gone through life this whole time perfectly fine. Like, what happened, mm-hmm. you know, to... And sometimes it doesn't take a trauma. Sometimes it just presents itself because right. of your age and your development of your brain. I think that for me, yeah, I'm, I do feel like it, it has gotten worse yeah. in the last six years. But 
I also feel like it's almost like I feel like if I didn't know that's what was happening, then I wouldn't freak out so much. Mm-hmm. But it also allows me the tools to be like, no, I need to calm myself down because I'm only hurting my body and my brain mm-hmm. by continuing to feed it, right? Yeah. So, like, if I didn't know what was going on, then I don't think that I'd be able to talk myself down as easily. Um, but I also, I'm like, I wonder if I didn't know what it was, would I be able to get over it? Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, it's hard to... I mean, now knowing what it is, I I take a number of approaches. Mm-hmm. I Sometimes I try to ignore it, mm-hmm. which is not ever a good thing for me personally. Yeah. It works for some people. It might not work for everyone. Um, personally, what sometimes works for me is I confront it. I literally say out loud, I'm like, what do you want? Like, what's going mm-hmm. on? Why am I anxious? Why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that helps and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I had an hour and a half long anxiety attack at work the other mm-hmm. night and I had to wait tables and not let anyone know. Yeah. My managers knew, of course, because I, I want to let them know what's going on and my mm-hmm. coworkers knew. I couldn't let that show to my tables. Yeah. And I was really struggling internally and all the things that I normally try to help to stop yeah. it weren't working. Well, you saw me before we went to El Marisol, and I was, like, laying on the couch, and yeah. mom's like, are you okay? I was like, like, I'm having an anxiety attack, and yeah. it's just, it's, I was like, I can't get a deep breath, and the more I think that, like, it I'm like, I can't you. get a deep breath, I can't get a deep breath, and oh then it feels God. claustrophobic. Yeah. God, it just feels like being in, like, a, like, spelunking and being, like, in a cavern, yeah. where you can't, ex- like, expand your lungs, yeah. and it's... It's terrifying. So I was laying on the couch and dad was like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, da, da. And mom's like, could you pause the TV and be quiet for a second so that she can get over this? Sometimes that does yeah. help, though. Sometimes changing the subject helps yeah. her trying to focus then on I other felt things. Like the focus was on me. And then yeah, I was like, exactly. nope. And then that's what I told myself. I was like, I got to get off of the couch so that we can go to this restaurant. Yeah. Because the only thing is to, like, for me is just to push through it. Of course. Yeah. And th- again, what works for us may not work for you or anybody else. Um, I've noticed that the only thing that, 100% works all the time is time. Mm-hmm. It will eventually stop. Yeah. And I have to remind myself about that. This is not forever. It's like a bad trip. It is. It really yeah. is. And it's, and I think that is something else that comes along with it. Uh, moving on with the celebrities, Kristen <laughs> Bell. Okay. Um, yes. I love her so much. I used to not like Kristen Bell. And then I realized she's in almost every Disney, yeah. current Disney film. Yeah. Yeah. So she said that she's taken medication for depression and anxiety since she was a child. She spoke out about it in a 2016 interview and said, quote, I still take it today and I have no shame in that because my mom has said to me, if you start to feel this way, talk to your doctor, talk to a psychologist and see how you want to help yourself, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, Ellie Goulding. Who's that? She's oh, a, a singer. singer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, she said that when her panic attack started, she would cover her face with a pillow to avoid being seen in public. Aww. She said, quote, I think part of what sparked my panic attacks was not feeling confident enough to believe in myself. I was scared I wasn't a, as good of a singer as everyone thought I was. And as the stakes grew, I was afraid I was letting everyone, including myself, down. Oh, that's so right? much pressure to I put know. on yourself. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have a couple more, again, because this is just super interesting to me. Emma Stone. Okay. Uh, She said her panic attacks were so intense as a child that she actually wrote a book about it. She wrote a book called I Am Bigger Than My Anxiety to deal Mm. with it. She said, quote, when I was about seven, I was convinced the house was burning down. I could sense it. Not just a hallucination, just a tightening in my chest, feeling I couldn't breathe, like the world was going to end. There were some flare-ups like that, but my anxiety was constant. Mm. I just can't imagine living like that. I mean, I feel like I have the, you know, when it does happen to me, I feel like it's the worst thing in the world, but then you yeah. hear things like that and you're like, oh my gosh, like every day of that, I couldn't, yeah, I know I mean, I feel some sort of anxiety every day, but it's yeah. not a giant constant 
oh, cloud over my head yeah. every second of the day, you mm-hmm. know? Sometimes it feels like it is, but when you think about it, it's not. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite celebrities, Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm. I love her very much, <laughs> um, she said that her performance anxiety began early in her career. It caused her to cancel several shows, actually. Uh, and she was a child star. Yeah. Uh, she said, quote, Then the anxiety started coming from anxiety. I would be with my friends thinking I should be having so much fun. You get in this hole that seems like you're never going to be able to get out of. That's me, literally. Joey Votto, he's a baseball player for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad actually died in 2008, and he said this is when he began started having panic attacks so severe that he wound up being admitted twice to hospitals. Oh, my gosh. During the following season of baseball. Mm. He said, quote, it's difficult to explain what it's like to go through it. If you've gone through it, anxiety or panic attacks, being depressed, I couldn't do my job. Mm. You can't. Like, yeah. if, like it literally is so stunting. It's I've had crippling. to leave work yeah. because of it. Uh, Lena Dunham. Okay. So she said that therapy and exercise are the best ways to combat her disorder. She mm. says, quote, to those struggling with anxiety, OCD, depression, I know it's mad annoying when people tell you to exercise. And it took me 16 medicated years to listen. I'm wow. glad I did. And it is true. That's the accelerated heart rate. Yes. That's, again, yeah. So when I'm anxious, I don't want to exercise. So I'm like, no, my heart's already racing out of my chest. I don't want to, you know what I mean? But Increase it, but it helps. It gets your endorphins going, and you can literally feel the anxiety coming off of you. Right. This is what works (laughs) for me. It might not work for everybody. Uh, So Dan Harris, the co-anchor of ABC's Nightline, he actually had a panic attack on air in 2004. And wrote a bestseller at the New York Times about his battles with anxiety 10 years later. Wow. He said he's a huge fan of medication. Quote, medication is a doable, realistic, scientifically researched way to get scientifically happier, calmer, and nicer. And the last one, who has been making news a lot lately for their outreach uh, to the LBGTQ community and uh, gender identity, is Demi Lovato. Oh, now, uh, they said that performance anxiety isn't just limited to being on stage. Just being in a crowd of people can trigger a panic attack. The only thing that sucks about being in the public eye is doing some appearances. I don't like award shows. Sometimes a fan will come up and automatically put their arms around me, and I just shut down and start hyperventilating. Ugh, like, I couldn't do that. Don't go up to random people. Not random people, but people that don't know you, but you know who they are, yeah, and just touch them. That's... Don't just don't touch people. Yeah. Just in general, if they're not... if I mean... Yeah. If somebody doesn't know you, don't be grabbing people. Seriously. That's so awkward. Seriously. You can ask, may I have a hug? And then they'll give you a swift no. Yeah. And then that's fine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to go back just a little bit and talk about how the term came to be coined, anxiety mm-hmm. sensitivity. Now, in 1970s and 1980s, the fear of fear was considered as an important consequence of panic attacks. It was assumed that after a first panic attack, people learned to fear recurrence and thus developed agoraphobia. Hmm without the physical aspects of agoraphobia where you you know you can't leave your home or you can't go yeah. certain places. Now in 1985 Reese and McNally reinterpreted the fear of fear as anxiety sensitivity. Instead of viewing it as the anticipation of recurrent panic attacks, they suggested that it arises from beliefs that the experience of anxiety is itself harmful. Hmm. A person who believes that a pounding heart is a sign of impending cardiac trouble, for example, might show fear of fear rooted in cognitive beliefs rather than in associative learning. Hmm. Uh, so it's literally just fearing the fact that you are fear, like fearful. Fearful. Uh-huh. Uh, the concept of anxiety sensitivity expressed two ideas. First, it implied that the fear of fear is at least sometimes rooted in cognition or beliefs, not Pavlovian associations with prior panic experiences. Second, it implied that the fear of fear could precede panic experiences and even predict panic attacks, post-traumatic stress, phobias, and other anxiety conditions. Dang. In 1984, Stephen Rice wrote the 16 items on the brief questionnaire, and he called and copyrighted as the Anxiety Sensitivity Index. Hmm. So I did mention that that is a way of 
researching and seeing people's anxiety scales. So I'd like to talk about that. So just items that you would you would do. I think it's on a scale of uh, relates to me and doesn't relate. It's almost like a strongly agree, strongly disagree mm-hmm. in the spectrum. So just a couple here. Um, it scares me when I feel faint. Actually, yeah. let me do it to you on air. Is okay. 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 Yeah. So it scares me when I feel faint. And that literally happened to me this morning. I was laying cool. in bed and I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm nauseous. I'm nauseous because I'm hungry. I'm going to faint because I'm hungry. I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> me. It scares me when I feel my heart beat rapidly. Yes. I. It embarrasses me when my stomach growls. Uh... No, I wouldn't say in, embarrass. What do you mean, like, emba- I guess like loud enough for people yeah. to hear? Well, yeah. Yeah. It scares me when I'm nauseous or I have a sick stomach. Yes. When I notice my heart beating rapidly, I worry that it might be a heart attack. Not necessarily. It scares me when I become short of breath. Yes. When my stomach is upset, I worry that I might be seriously ill. Yes. Unusual body sensations scare me. Body sensations. Like, like pain. Small pain. Seemingly pain, unknown feelings. Yes. Um, it's important not to appear nervous. Yeah. It's important to, it's important for me to stay in control of my emotions. Yes. When I cannot keep my mind on task, I worry that I might be going crazy. Uh, sometimes. It scares me when I feel shaky. Yes. It scares me when I'm unable to keep my mind on track. Yes. Or on a task. Other people notice when I feel shaky. Yes. When I'm nervous, I worry that I may be mentally ill. I, well, I mean, I know it's anxiety now, yeah. but I mean, it it's scares disorder. me when I'm nervous. Yes. If you answered yes to most or all of those like <laughs> I did and you just did, you may have anxiety may sensitivity. Have. <laughs> if it's Literally, none of these other things, you may have. Right. <laughs> I, I actually read through this earlier and I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like no brainer. Yes. To all of them. Like, I think I've gotten over a lot of like my public stuff. And that's something that I think it's just grew with my age is that like, I'm like, I don't really care what people think, mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent, of course, I feel like everybody should, but I also, I, I privatize myself so much that I've, and maybe, maybe that's why, maybe because I don't want to feel nervous around people. Yeah. So I don't know. That's very interesting. Yeah. So lastly, I just, I know that I wanted to do this episode on general anxiety disorders. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about anxiety sensitivity disorder, but I wanted to shed some light on other anxiety disorders. So I have social anxiety disorder. I don't have that, but I have it on my list. (laughs) Um, so the DSM five criteria explains that as excessive fear being watched or judged by others, extreme self-consciousness in a social situation, fear that anxiety symptoms will be humiliating or offend others and social situations are avoided or endured with intense fear and anxiety. See that I don't think that's me. I, don't and I think, think that's why that's some of those other questions I didn't yeah. really. Um yeah. now another one is called a specific phobia, which a lot of people obviously know about that. We have um you know, arachnophobia if you're a spider is mm-hmm. or things like that. Excessive fear of specific objects or situations, intense fear or panic attacks produced by exposure, or and object or situation avoided or endured with great anxiety. Uh, we also cockroaches. have cockroaches. Yeah, it's pretty much the only thing that gives me great anxiety. <laughs> we also have agoraphobia, like I mentioned earlier. So this includes anxiety or panic in situations where escape is difficult or embarrassing, and situations nearly always produce panic and are avoided. See, and I feel like again, like I don't have that socially because I like to be social. But I'm definitely one of those people that sits in specific places in restaurants. And when I'm I'm out at the bar, I'm usually always outside. Yeah. Like, I, I never can be inside. To me, it's just, it's not comfortable to me. I would, and I never sit. I always stand. I would say 
that wouldn't necessarily be as aggressive as agoraphobia because agoraphobia is when you literally just don't put yourself in those situations because like you don't go on a plane because you don't want to have to be in a situation where you can't escape you know i get nervous on planes but i wouldn't not (laughs) get nervous on on airplanes (laughs) um but i would never probably not get on a plane unless i thought there was real reason like not right you know yeah uh now we have panic disorder which includes recurrent and unexpected intense attacks of fear or terror, worry about future panic attacks, and can occur with or without agoraphobia. I don't... So the anxiety sensitivity... The anxiety sensitivity indicates that you may develop a panic disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, but I don't... I think that I kind of relate to panic disorder um, with the recurrent and unexpected intense attacks, but I don't worry about future panic attacks. I only worry about it when it's happening, you know? Yeah, I've never really been able to pinpoint why I get like that. Like, and I, I I don't know if it's the, the onset of having to do some, like, be expected to do something or... (sighs) Mine happens so randomly. I'll be laying in bed trying to go to sleep and all of a sudden dying will pop in my head and I will jump out of bed and pace around in the living room for a few seconds to calm myself down. It's not fun. Yeah. And lastly, we have generalized anxiety disorder, which is what I was talking about earlier. So this is excessive anxiety and worry over life circumstances. An example, money, family, or school difficulty controlling worry Mm -hmm. and vigilant uh, muscle tension, restlessness, edginess, and difficulty concentrating. Mm -hmm. I think that's That's really me. me. Yeah. (laughs) That's yeah, me. so I wanted to take this episode to not only shed light on anxiety disorders, but also kind of give you guys a little bit of insight into who me and Coel are, because <laughs> I think both of us relate really well um, to the to generalized anxiety disorder, or, yeah. you know, anxiety in it's general. It's something that so. runs in our family and always has, and uh, I think it's, I'm just grateful that now, because of the way that the mental health... Um, dialogue is progressing now as like far as you know the states and stuff um that we can talk about it a little bit more and i'm thankful that i'm growing up in this generation yeah absolutely i like um the openness about it you know and i and i told when i booked my therapy appointment i told my friend my best friend that i was like you know what i really appreciate utilizing my free resources like you my family you know my best friends my Mm -hmm. boyfriend however it's not their I don't want to say job, but it's not anyone else's responsibility to diagnose you um, or help treat your symptoms mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to talk to a professional. Yeah. Of course, you like we said like in the last episode, utilize your free resources. Talk mm-hmm. to people, vent if you want. However, if you're really um, interested in getting a diagnosis and, and starting to make progress and starting to feel better, the only way to go about that, in my opinion, if you have the resources, is to talk to a professional. Yeah, I mean, there's actually, like, a lot of other free resources. I know that there are some yeah. free counseling. There is free places. professional yeah. resources. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we got to talk about that one. I was like... I know. I need... My anxiety is, like, so heightened right now. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us for another mental breakdown. We will see um, part two of Brandy Craft coming out in the next couple of days. Yes. And then we will see you next week for a brand new case. Woo-woo. All right. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Diagnosing a Killer. We also do have Twitter set up at Killer Diagnosis. You can email us at diagnosingakiller at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon set up, so if you like what we're doing and you want us to keep doing it, you can feel free to make a monetary donation to the Patreon. And, yeah, we hope you keep listening to us. Yeah, email us, pay us, 
talk to us. Yes. Tell us all about your problems. Do or it. Or your great stuff. Or, or yeah, everything. Tell us about great stuff, too. Yeah. And give us some suggestions on cases. Yeah. Kind of going up and down with our... What do you guys want to hear? Suggestions. Exactly. What kind of what kind of DSM-5 diagnosis would you like us to discuss of on course. Mental Breakdown? Yeah. What do you want to know more about? All right. Well, Even if you just want a list of celebrities that have that disorder. Seriously. Do that that's too. the interesting part for me. <laughs> All right. Love you. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.